We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Say amen, somebody. That text is not optional. That is a directive. Let all the world in every corner sing, my God and King. We've assembled today to worship and praise this great God of ours, and aren't you thankful? So we begin worship this morning. I'm going to turn your attention to Psalm 66, the first four verses. Will you follow along as I read this? 
Shout joyfully all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give feigned obedience to you. All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. Grateful for the word of the Lord. The verse that really catches my eye here and gives me pause is the one that says, even your enemies will give feigned worship, feigned obedience to you. Don't let the, the feigned obedience of God's enemies out, outshine our genuine worship, okay? That is our directive, all creatures of our God and King. Lift up your voice and let us sing, Alleluia. Hymn 27, let us, let us worship. Let us shout down those that would oppose this great God of ours. Hymn 27.
take a moment to welcome those in worship this morning. First Baptist Church. You know, the psalmist in Psalm 122 says, And I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, it's no cliche when I say it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you. Now, most, most of you in this room understand what I'm saying, but let me say to our television audience, our online audience, that I've been out for a month uh, following major surgery, and it's been a joy to, not to experience surgery, obviously, but it's a joy to be a part of this family. Uh, you have sent cards, you've sent letters, you've made phone calls, you've sent food, uh, you've visited, you've, uh, you've been there for just everything. You've encouraged, most of all, you've prayed. You have prayed and those prayers have been felt. You have been a New Testament church to our family. And now again, if I could speak just to our wider audience just a moment, I don't know how anyone faces a major crisis or a need in your life apart from the church, the family of God. I do not know how they can face those uh, situations. First Baptist was not only an accurate, precise picture of the love of Christ. They weren't that because they're just nice people. You're nice people, although you are. But they acted that way. They uh, did those things because they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, you have ministered to us because you're family. We're family in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And, you know, we share that forgiveness together. And we would like to really invite those of you that are watching by television we'd like to share with you that relationship with Jesus Christ. We would love for you to know Christ as we know Christ. So ask us, we would love to share with you. And for you uh, here in this room, First Baptist San Antonio, from our family to you, thank you. Would you pray with me? Father, you have an amazing plan for us to bring glory to your name, Father, you allow us to be a part of that. We are amazed. We don't understand why you would use us, but you do, Father, and we are grateful. Father, I thank you for the way that you've used First Baptist Church in our, my family's life, in my life. Father, I'm 
thankful for the way that you use First Baptist Church in the life of this community, uh, in the life of this state, in the life of the world around us. Lord, would you use us as instruments in your hand? May we, through Jesus Christ working in our lives, may we touch lives throughout the world. Father, we love you, and we are here today to worship you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to celebrate, isn't it? Celebrate the goodness of God. And for every testimony like, uh, like Larry's, there are a hundred others sitting in this room and across this campus today. May we continue to celebrate God's favor and his goodness towards us. And may we never lose sight of our responsibility to love each other. God bless you, Soaps. We love you dearly. Continue to worship. As we look at scripture, everyone, we are continuing to, to read through Psalm 119 and just thank God for his good word. Follow along as I read 145 to 152. I cried with all my heart, answer me, O Lord. I will observe your statutes. I cried to you, save me, and I shall keep your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. Revive me, O Lord, according to your ordinances. Those who follow after wickedness draw near. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Of old I have known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Continue to worship now, and I want you to just think about how true God is, how good God is, when we have a tendency to not be either. So let us, let us continue to worship and find hymn 604, Come, all Christians, be committed. Let's stand together and sing.
Good morning. I'm going to invite the kids to come up and sit with me, and we're going to do a special kids' time today. Well, as you guys come up here, we're going to talk about something special today. What is this? A Bible. Yeah, this is a Bible. This is actually one of the special Bibles that we give to all the kindergartners, to everybody that's coming up into the elementary hallway. And so this is a Bible that a lot of you guys have, and you use this in the kids' area, or you use it in here, or you use it at home. And so we do these Bibles. Now, the Bible is extremely important. Do you guys know why it's important? Why do you think? It's about God. It's God's Word. Yeah, those are, those are great answers. Anybody else? It talks about God in the Bible. That's right. Yeah. Okay, one more. That's awesome. Yeah, if... After we pray, if we still need wisdom, we can read the Bible. That's right. You guys, God wrote this for us. He wrote this so that we could know about him, so that we could know about his love for us, and so that we could know Jesus and about what Jesus did. The Bible tells us that these things are written so that we can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that we can believe that all these things are true in here. Everything in the Bible is true, and it really happened. So you guys can love your Bible. You can read your Bible. And you can know who God is because you read your Bible. So it's important that you guys read your Bible as often as you can, okay? And God will help you. God will show you things, and he'll talk to you through it, okay? So today, we are going to be giving Bibles to some of our new kindergartners. And we have 14 Bibles that we're giving away in all of our services today. Uh, and so we've got 10 in here. So when I call your name, Pastor Chris is going to hand you guys your Bible, and then you're going to come over here and you can stand on the top step over there and we will pray for you guys after that all right so our first one is abe alby i'm so grateful for you got it all right good job you can come right up here come stand by jimmy all right and next come right up here. is ellie dawson ellie dawson here you can come right here All right. Octavio Arvizu. Come on over. All right, Ellie, right up here. He's okay. All right, Charlie Banesh. There you are, Charlie. And Ava Inyebu. Brother's coming with you. That's okay. You can come line up too. All right. Joshua Parker. There you are. And Alyssa Sanchez.
Moses Stein. There you are, buddy. Adventurous. All right, here we go. Jump right off the, the stage. Catherine Thompson. All right, and David Whitman. All right, guys. Well, you now have your Bibles, and you guys can take those with you, and you can bring them to church with you, and you can read them at home, have your mom and dad read them with you, or grandma or grandpa. And so this is your Bible now, and it's got your name in it, and you guys can love it. Okay, so let me pray for you, and let me pray for you guys. Father, we are so grateful for your word and for your Bible. Thank you for giving it to us so that we could know who you are, so that we could know about your love. I pray that you would remind us to read it, even as adults. Remind us that we need your word and that we need to to spend time with you in it. I pray that you would just make these kids all aware of who you are and and aware of, of what they can learn and what they can know through your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can go have a seat. Hey, hey. hey Ellie. Ellie. That was my favorite part of the service. That was awesome. Let's continue to worship, everybody. Let's take your hymnal and turn to 447, Trust and Obey. Stand together.
seated.
Amen. If you would, find your listening sheet. It's in your bulletin. looks like this. One side of the sermon notes, and the other side is the text for the morning. This summer, we have been working through the Ten Commandments, and this week, we are on commandment number nine. But as we have been doing, we're going to read all the commandments up until commandment uh, number nine this morning. This is the Exodus 21 through 16. So let us stand, and we'll read that together. This then is the text for today. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. May God bless the reading of his word. Now, if you were in a room with the CIA, could they break you? Do you think, could the CIA tell if you were lying to them? Now, there's a book that was written by some former CIA officers called Spy the Lie, in which they discuss how to know if someone is lying to you. They and the CIA say that they know and that they can tell. And one of the parts of the book, they they lay out six things that they say are, are clear indicators that someone is lying to you. So you know someone's lying to you that if if they take a long pause after the question you ask, especially if that question requires a quick or a short answer, it should come quickly or shortly. So if they take a long pause, they're probably lying to you. Or you know someone's lying to you if their gestures don't match their words. If they're saying no or they're saying yes, right? If If it doesn't line up, then they're probably lying to you. You know, you'll, you'll also see, another way you'll, you'll know if somebody's lying to you, you'll see as, as they're talking, they'll begin to cover their mouth as if to cover the lie. Or some even cover their eyes as if they can't see it. You'll also know someone is lying to you if they clear their throat before they answer. So if you ask a question and someone clears their throat before they say anything, they're probably lying to you. 
Now, they did say if they answer you and then clear their throat, they're probably not lying to you. So that's, that's a sign of truth right there, I guess. I also say you'll know someone's lying to you if as they're answering you, they do something with their lips or their ears, right? If they, they lick their lips while they're talking to you or if they begin to like play with their ears, that's probably a sign that they're lying. Then there's also one more that, that if, if someone is speaking to you and they begin to groom themselves, like fix their hair, fix their jacket, they may be lying to you. Now all that's to say if you are in the room with the CIA, Answer quickly and don't move your hands or your head. I think if you answer quickly and you don't move your hands and your head, you, you should be okay if you're in that room. But you know, it's more, it's more than the CIA, isn't it? The, our parents do this well too. See, as parents, we know, we know we can see it in the sweet little eyes of our children when they are not telling us the truth. And it just so happens there comes this age we come of age and, and we begin to be deceptive. It starts when we're so little, doesn't it? You see, there comes a time when we start to see how much we can get away with. There comes a time when we begin to understand that our mother doesn't have eyes in the back of her head. And in those moments, as children, we begin to stretch the truth to see if we can get away with whatever it is that we have done. You know, as a parent, it is a sad day when you first realize that those perfect little angels will lie to you. Yeah, sometimes we don't want to believe it. But there they go, misleading us from the earliest of ages. And all of that happens because it is a product of our flesh. There's this product of our flesh that there's a certain battle within us. Scripture describes it this way is that we have this battle between the flesh and the spirit inside of us that goes back and forth. And there are times we are leaning in and near the spirit, and there are other times that the flesh begins to take root and pull us the other direction. And our flesh always does the same thing. It, it takes things that look enticing, and with an enticing uh, moment, steers us down a road of destruction. The spirit does the opposite. The spirit takes us in truth, and will lead us to life in Jesus Christ. See, this is the way it works. The, the closer our walk with the Lord, the greater the Spirit becomes in our life. The, the more we abide in Jesus Christ, the more fruit of the Spirit that we'll see. And so we, we see this in ourselves. If we find ourselves struggling with any of these, these 10 commandments, it's true, but, but let's consider lying this morning. You see, if we have trouble telling the truth, we have a, a spiritual problem. There's a heart problem behind that. When you find yourself being deceitful about work, or you find yourself lying about where you were, there's a deep, significant spiritual problem. You see, if, if the words that come out of your mouth prove to be false, it's as if you are dining with the devil. Forget the CIA you have stepped towards hell. See, if you read John 8, there's a clear description. See, the, the gospels there describe, or Jesus describes the devil as completely devoid of truth. So Satan himself is built on lies. He speaks lies. So much so that Jesus calls him the father of lies. It's as if all lies are rooted back in who Satan is. The devil lied to Eve in the garden. Even using scripture, the devil lied to Jesus in the wilderness. 
The devil has constantly lied to us about what is important in this world. See, Satan is the father of all of those lies. And the more deceitful we are, the more lies that come off our tongue, the more we look like his children instead of the Lord's. You know, it's pretty remarkable how a mother knows when her baby is lying to her, picking up those long-standing verbal cues and CIA tactics. Your mom knows when you've taken a seat at that dark table, and so does the Lord. Because as, as we work through the scriptures, God is characterized as the God of truth, and the God of truth alone. See, God is the only one who will speak the truth, the, the truths of eternal realities into our lives. And at the same time, time, as he's speaking eternal realities into our lives, God comes down and meets us where we are, giving us discernment on the most mundane moments of the week, even when we don't want to hear the truth. But see, the truth is the only place where God operates. God does not deal in falsehoods. And when we deal in falsehoods, God doesn't deal with us. Because it's contrary to the character of God. If we are dealing with falsehoods, we are stepping away from him and moving away from God. We come to God when we come into the truth. See, this is, this is the great, um, the truth of who our God is. That God cannot mislead us. See, because of his nature, because of who he is, the things that God says, the things that God does are absolutely true. The word of his mouth, the word of the text are the truths of this world that we will live by. See, God cannot mislead us. And that whenever you're ready for the truth, the only place to run to is our God. Some of us still like to keep truth at bay because we know truth brings all kinds of circumstances into our lives that we don't want to deal with. The truth makes us look into our hearts and deal with the pain of our life and the pain of our sin that we don't want to deal with right now. But whenever we're ready to deal with it, when, ready, when we are ready to face the truth, the only place to run is our God. See, we have to understand in this place that God is the only one who will give you the whole truth and nothing but the truth all the time. The people of this world who surround us, even the most trustworthy ones, are tempted and taken away by the flesh more often than we like to believe. Truth resides in the hand and word of God. See, that truth is real. And unfortunately, we have to say that. That there is such thing as truth, an absolute truth that holds the world together at the hands of God. And when we're ready to move past the delusions of this world, God is ready for us and willing to pull up a chair to his table. He's like, come in and dine with me in the truth. Come in and, and share this truth with me. And when we're ready, God's arms are wide open for us. So today we come to commandment number nine. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Most of us have heard this practical application of the verse as do not lie. And that's, that's basically true. But let's work through the, the context here. So this, this commandment begins in a courtroom. And in this courtroom setting, if you are called to be a witness, you will tell the truth. 
And you'll tell the truth because in this biblical scenario, the most likely scenario that you would go to the witness stand and share in this way is that somebody's life hangs in the balance. And by your testimony, you could send somebody to a death penalty or you could set them free. And so, so your words matter and the truth matters and justice matters. See, you have a, a, a lasting responsibility that as God's children, we always speak truth and we always seek justice. See, justice is at the heart of this commandment too. Set in the courtroom, the judicial system holds together by those faithful who will tell the truth no matter what. And so this commandment, commandment number nine, is very much about justice. And truth and justice go hand in hand. And God's children and the church fight for justice wherever it needs to be fought for. Because that's what God does. God seeks out justice for those who are, who are abused and hurting. In fact, you need to know this this morning. If you are abused and hurting, God loves you and God is fighting for you. God is seeking the truth and will hold those accountable who need to be held accountable. Because that's what God does. God brings justice and righteousness to situations that need it desperately. And so God set forth the system through the Old Testament in Israel. He said, well, people will get a fair trial. And a fair trial that can't be based on a single witness. In fact, if somebody is facing the death penalty, it takes multiple witnesses. Not one person, two, three, multiple witnesses. Because we are seeking justice, seeking the truth. And so you see that justice matters. And alongside that justice, we have this ever-present biblical truth that your words hold great power. Far more power than we often realize. See, in James 3, we're reminded that the tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And not only that, James says this about the tongue as, as well, that the tongue is a fire set ablaze by hell. Now, multiple metaphors set aside there. Scripture reminds us that when we speak, you're either giving life to those around you or you're breathing destruction. Your words matter. There, there's no such thing as, as empty words in the middle. You're either building up and encouraging. You're bringing truth and justice to light or you're damaging and, and you're damaging the lives that are around you, leading them towards destruction. It, it's one or the other. The, the things that we say matter. Your words are powerful. The things you say affect people. The things you say to your mom are gonna destroy her or encourage her. The things you say to your employees or your coworkers are going to cause significant damage or you're gonna motivate them. See, same thing goes for your children or your neighbor. The words you say impact people. See, you're gonna, you're gonna take care of the people around you or you're gonna lead them to destruction by your words. Your words matter. Now, if we go back to the, the flesh and the spirit that wars within us. If we, if we are living according to the flesh, we will leave a wake of verbal disoriented destruction behind us. See, people are always gonna be confused by us, confused by our twisting words and exaggerations. People will, will not know whether we're putting a spin on something or whether we're just flat out misleading them. And, and even in those moments, if we're really leaning into the flesh, 
in the exaggerations, in the deception. Sometimes our flesh even gets a bit of devilish joy out of it. But you know, the, the closer we move into Christ, the closer we push back the, the spirit, or excuse me, push back the flesh, the closer we move into Christ, the more encouraging we are to the people that surround us. See, as it comes, as everybody comes in and, and sits at the table with us, they will know grace and peace and life by your words. You know, we, we talk about repentance. And hopefully we are learning to be faithfully uh, repentant and obedient in that way unto our Lord. And, and as you do that, you're, you'll begin to understand some things. You'll notice initially that your time in repentance is often just around things that you know that you shouldn't have done. You know, you'll ask God for blurting something out, something hurtful that you never should have said to your brother. But you know, as you begin to practice repentance, you'll begin to notice, you begin to notice something else. You'll draw in near to the Lord and you'll, you'll notice that we have certain responsibilities. And so th this isn't just a, a list of don'ts, but th there's, there's a, a responsibility to act and behave and to speak truth. So, so you'll know that, that we have certain responsibilities to speak words that encourage and build up. Words that share the truth of our Lord. See, when we're sitting around a, a table with our, our neighbors or our coworkers, we must speak in kindness and encouragement. We must speak in truth. See, when you, you read this commandment, you can't miss the last line. You, you shall not bear false witness then against your neighbor. And I want you to, to miss that last line because as you work through Scripture, as you work through the words of Christ, you have a certain responsibility for your neighbor. You have a responsibility to love your neighbor and to care for your neighbor. You have a responsibility to protect your neighbor and to build your neighbor up. You have a responsibility to care about those people that surround you and build them up and help share the truth with them. So you have a responsibility to and for your neighbor to love them and encourage them with your words to protect their name. See, so often we kind of just circle into ourselves and our life becomes about protecting me and protecting mine. But God says, protect your neighbor. Don't speak. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Protect and encourage. You know, you'll notice in this world that people are tired of being lied to and misled. Seems like most everyone we deal with being deceptive, Amen. steering us away from the truth. He said, let's be resolved to be different. Let's be resolved in the name of the Lord to be people of truth and justice, to lead them straight to the table of our Lord, whom we dine with in the light of the truth. Let's pray together. Lord, we know that you alone are good. No deceptive word has ever crossed your lips. But Lord, you stand for truth and justice. 
And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to be congregation led by the Spirit. People who have put aside the flesh to be filled with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that, that by your help, you would teach us to be truthful, to be encouraging, to be kind, to be loving, that our words would, would build up. But Lord, we need you. We are a broken people, a broken land in desperate need of you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So we're going to have our time of response now. You notice on your listening sheet there's a, there's a few things at the bottom. Those are ways you can respond. hope you'll take advantage of those. The altar is also open. Pray that you will come down and pray. We need to use the altar for prayer. Brian and I are down here. We'd love to, to visit with you. This is the time to, to accept Christ to tell the church that, that you're doing so. This is the time to come and join and be a part of this congregation. This is your time to respond to your Lord. We're also going to have a, a time to sing. We have a time to give. We pray that everybody in here responds to God in some way this morning in obedience unto him. So if you need to remain seated, please do. Uh, the rest of us, let us stand and let's respond.
You may be seated, and as you do, as we prepare for the offering, let me call your attention to our prayer prompt today. It continues this lesson on how words matter. So pray this with me, and then keep these words with you this week. Father, your spoken word brings order, beauty, and light. Please forgive us for our words that lie and produce death rather than life, rivalry rather than friendship, and blame rather than repentance. Forgive us for words that dishonor you. May the word of Christ dwell in us richly so that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart please you, our rock and our redeemer, in whose name we pray. Amen.
One of our ongoing ministries here at First Baptist Church is our heart-to-heart ministries, and Marla Rushing is going to come and share with us about the kickoff to this, uh, this year. Marla? I've been working with the heart-to-heart group for about 15 years, and I've been a counselor about 25. Um, <clears throat> something that always amazes me is when I've worked with people who are, I want to tell you my favorite verse is Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I've worked with those who are brokenhearted for years and years, and yet often they tell me that they feel like they can't come to church. And if you're listening on TV, if we're still on right now, I want you to know this is the place you come. This is the place to come. This is where the brokenhearted and the crushed spirit should be because it's like the grand hospital. We support, have support groups that begin September 3rd through November 12th. We finish before the holidays. It's, we have grief share if you've had someone you've lost in death, you've divorce care if you're going through a divorce or you think you may be headed that way. I run Considering Forgiveness with Mary Beth Fisk, and if you have had someone speak badly of you and hurt you desperately, if you have been betrayed and have need to forgive, it could be someone who is that's current or someone who has already died even. It's just Considering Forgiveness is not easy to do, but we guide you on that path. We have journey for people who have been wounded in childhood, we have a men's freedom group, which is an ongoing group year-round, and it meets in a private locations for men with sexual addictions. Maybe porn became a part of your life early, and, and you cannot kick that, and you want to because it's ruining things for you. Um, I want to ask you something. Am I the only one who went through a season of brokenness and needed my church family or prayer and people to be with me? Am I the only one in here? Will you raise your hands if you have been down a road that was difficult? Okay, thank you for testifying because if anyone is sitting in this room, you can look around and see that we're not perfect people. We are people who need God desperately. And that's why we have heart to heart. Every one of our leaders has been down your same path or they cannot be leaders. Really hope you'll join us or have people, you know somebody in your life, pick up the phone today and tell them, to look at our church website, go to the Heart to Heart link, and sign up, register now. And if you need a question, call the church office. I will return your call and let you know what you, you know, try to answer your questions. Thank you. Amen, that is an effective and good ministry that we are grateful for in this church. Let me give you a couple other Life Together moments. Uh, next Sunday night at, at 6 p.m., August 11th, we will have our next Time for Teaching. And in this Time for Teaching, we're going to begin to describe, define, and lay out practical steps for what we mean by the word witness. We, we've, we've discussed and discussed often that God is calling us to witness well and be a church that witnesses well. And so come next Sunday night, um, it's important for the future of our church together um, and hear how we're going to do this and how we're going to do it well. 
The next Friday, August 16th, we'll have our main event, which is our time for teaching of our leaders and our teachers in the church. And so uh, please come, get that on your calendars, and we'll have um, great opportunities for you to learn and grow in that time. And then the week following that, August 23rd, Friday night, we're going to have a, 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 an event together called Parenting in the Digital World. Um, our, our children um, are under severe stress by the technology that surrounds us in all kinds of ways. And we're having to change some of our parenting strategies because of the technology that our kids are um, faced with and, and use every single day. So we're going to have that conversation with dessert um, uh, Friday night, August 23rd. So we hope you'll come and be a part of that as well. So one more thing from me. You see these beautiful flowers. Um, they're given to the glory of God and in grateful celebration of a 40th wedding anniversary for Barbie and Tony. They're very distant today. One's over there and one's over there. Uh, but they love each other and have been married 40 years. And we are grateful for that ter testimony. Tell, tell Barbie and Tony that, that you love them. Thank you. We love you, Barbie. And Tony. We are dismissed to go and do God's good work that we've been called to do. Tell it out with gladness.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.